0: You're listening to The Hats We Wear. I'm Beth Echefano. This is the podcast where guests talk about the hats they're wearing, the joys and struggles they encounter while wearing those hats, and the way they've navigated through and overcome those struggles. My hope is you'll be able to connect with their struggle and realize that you too can overcome. Thank you for listening. welcome back to the hats we wear today i'm happy to be joined by lee rubenstein and she's going to talk about the hat she wears and the joys and the struggles of those hats and how she navigates through the struggles so thank you lee for joining me on this sunday morning thank you beth it's so cool to be here <laughs> so tell us about um what hats you're wearing right
1: now yeah so i wear a lot of hats it's actually kind of a running joke at at work but um Work is only one of the hats I wear. So I'm um, I'm married. I have a husband. I have a dog. Um, I work as uh, in the public sector as a, a senior leader. I, I manage over 150 people. Um, and within that, I wear about four different hats too. And then uh, outside of that, I'm also a leadership and mindset coach, and I do resume reviews. <laughs> so a couple
0: different businesses. In I love that. To, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So wh- I, I have so many questions, but I want you to talk about whatever hat you're comfortable with. Well, tell me about the joys and struggles of whatever one you want to talk about and how you navigated through the struggles, or maybe it's um how, maybe they all come, how you found conflict within different hats, whatever you're comfortable with um, share with the listener. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm often busy and Um, a lot of times I have tons of energy and I want to be doing all those things and I'm able to do all those things. And then there are days where I just feel like I can't, I'm exhausted and I can't do all of the things. And I really need to look at, you know, what, what really matters and what really matters to me is, um, you know, being a good partner to my husband, not snapping at him, which unfortunately, we all do sometimes. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> we do. And that's um, that's part of life. And he's very understanding. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that's an important, my relationship is really important to me. Um, so if I feel like I don't have time for that, then, then nothing else is really worth it. So I have to look really hard at all my other commitments and just balance them. And sometimes I don't have time to, to coach a lot of clients on the side. And sometimes I have to stay really late at work and something has to give. So I'm constantly reassessing uh, what feels aligned with with my priorities, with my goals,
0: and I adjust from there. I love that. I love that you're constantly assessing your alignment. And I just gave a workshop yesterday um in intuition one oh one because I'm I'm a transformational coach. So we're both coaches. Yeah. I and, love that. Um yeah, I gave a workshop yesterday on an intuition, how important it is to listen to it. And it sounds like you just are so in tune, you just sit and there's something's out of balance. Something so not give. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And actually it drives people crazy at work sometimes because I am despite being a very rational, logical person, um, I'm I'm absolutely driven by my intuition and, and my feels rather than my thoughts. <laughs> um, and that's very unconventional for a leader. So um, that that's something that I take really seriously with myself, and I, I kind of embody that in all aspects of my life and work as I listen, I really listen to my intuition above everything
0: else. And let me ask you, though, since that's unconventional in a leader, I think it should be conventional in a leader because I agree. If you lead by trusting yourself, and you can help other people how do you how do you use that ability to really listen to yourself to help in that leadership role or do you use it
1: i use it all the time and what i find is that a lot of people Sometimes question my decisions because I can't explain it rationally. I just feel like I, I know this is right. You're gonna have to trust
0: me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so for the rational minds, they want, well, how do you know it's right? Like, give me proof that it's gonna be right and you can't. Exactly. So they feel like, where's the data?
1: I don't have data. You just have to, I just I just know it. I feel it. And um, you know, I'm really fortunate that I, I trust myself and I, I really do trust that intuition. And um, I won't make a decision that I don't feel aligned with. So my employees may not understand that, and that's okay. And I, I I couldn't expect them to, but I just rely on them to really trust me and and make the right decisions that I
0: I know deep inside are are the are right. I wonder though. Um, I'm writing furiously because I want to make sure that mm-hmm. I t- touch on the things that I want to. But I wonder if, like, okay, so you make you make a, a decision that's aligned with you and they don't understand it. But I'm wondering if some little part of them, when they see that that decision turns out correctly, if they're saying, oh, okay, well, Lee trusted her intuition. Maybe I should look into this. I wonder if some like small part of them is thinking maybe there's something more to this. Do you, do you think that's the case at all? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. Sometimes they look at me like I'm crazy and, um, and then they'll see, you know days, weeks, even months later sometimes they'll realize like oh that that was the right decision. I wonder how, you know, how I should do that. And when I coach them kind of at work because I do that too, you know, I coach and mentor all of my employees at work, I really encourage them to look and and go with what feels good rather than what, you know, logically looks right or sounds right or what other people expect of them. And I really push them to try and just trust what feels right to them. And some of them are starting to, right. It's, it's a slow um, mm-hmm. adoption process, but some of them really
0: are. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's so cool to see. I love that. So what, what kind of, you said you're in the public sector, what kind of work do you do with these that you're managing 150 people?
1: Yeah. So I just do, um, I just do some, it's kind of like a big, a big group we're doing and and the specifics don't even matter, but um mm-hmm. We, we do a lot of kind of analytics work um, okay, and uh, various different things. But uh, right now we're doing like a really big project. That's why we have so many people. Usually it's not so many. Um, so very fast paced. Um, sometimes it's very stressful.
0: So you're but... dealing with all like left brain thinkers, like very analytical. And... Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So trying to get this in- intuition Oh yeah. I could see the conflict of <laughs> flip there. <laughs> Good, yes. for Good for you for sticking with it though. And saying, no, this is the right decision. I know it's the right decision instead yeah. of caving to, well, where's the data? I want to see the data.
1: Exactly. And it's just mm. not how I am. And I'm, I'm really big on leading authentically. Um, and you know, that's authentically me is not, is not going into the data and giving these big presentations on numbers. I can't do that. That's not how my brain works. And if I were to try and lead that way, I would be less effective. So um, it's not even an option. I, I have to do what I what I know how to do. Huh.
0: So, so if you're comfortable, what led you to this type of work? Because it seems like it's counterintuitive to who you are, but I yeah. love you doing it because you're sharing yourself with people that probably don't normally think that way. So I think actually it's a beautiful thing that you were drawn to it, but I'm wondering what energetically occurred that you were drawn to this type of work.
1: Yeah, no, it's really interesting. So um, what I, what I really believe, and this is like the theme of your show, right. Or that people are not just one thing. Um, so I am, I am deeply kind of intuitive and spiritual and, you know, <laughs> and prioritize alignment and all of that. And at the same time, I have this very logical brain and from a, you know, ever since I was in school, like that's what's fostered is, is the logic is the, the rational piece is kind of um, all of that very uh, regimented. And, you know, how do I succeed in these, these things laid out before me? And I have that, that piece of my brain. And that's what kind of drove me to this work is I'm able to succeed in that, but I think what makes me kind of special as a leader is is my ability to integrate all those other pieces. Because a lot, a lot of people in my field with the analytic type of brain either don't have it or they haven't, everyone has it, right? But they haven't fostered they it, it mm-hmm. they haven't fostered it. And I really have. So um, I think it's kind of cool because I am able to integrate both.
0: Oh my God, I love you. I, I feel like we're <laughs> sisters because- I am the same way I have that logical mind but then I have this incredibly spiritual side which I'm following right now so the yeah. logic was before and now it's like all like coaching and and so I want I'm an ed- educational consultant as well so I'm keeping my hand in in that because I taught for 17 years but yeah. so much more like you know with my coaching and mediumship, I'm a medium as well. So oh, all that. that part is like really developing for me right now, but I can so oh, understand yeah. what you're saying. I still so <laughs> get, so get it.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's really what drove me to be a coach kind of outside of work too, because I feel like I need to continue growing that piece of myself. So, um, that's really what, you know, it's, it's for everyone else, but it's also for me. And oh, that's- yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 cuz it fills your cup when you can see that you are helping someone else to unpack their stuff and help them with their mind. I you're per, I I imagine you're a perfect mindset coach. Thank I you. Would, with <laughs> your energy that I can feel from you. I bet you're you're great with your clients. Thank um, you. So tell me about um a conflict that you had and how you navigated through it with any of the hats that you wear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see.
1: So, um, about maybe six months ago, I was, I was part of this group. Um, this was before I was managing the 150, but we were part of kind of a crisis group and it was just incredibly long hours at work. Um, and you know, sometimes like 14, 16 hours a day, which is so counter to what I believe, like, I am all about balance in all aspects, not just work-life balance, but but balance in life, balance even at work, um, and this was absolutely throwing a wrench into everything, I believe, and at the same time, I I understood kind of the requirements in front of me, and I I knew, you know, okay, this is, um, I like to think of it as a busy season, right, it's not my life, but it's, it's a season, and I can kind of get behind that and, um, I have to, re- you know, shift some priorities in my life to, to be able to maintain it. But, um, I, I can do that. But at the same time, it, it gave me, you know, 14, 16 hour days, horrible, right. Gave me very little time for, you know, hanging out with my, my fam, my, my husband, my dog, my dog would like see me come home at 10 PM and feel like, who are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. No time for anything social, no time for my clients. Um, no time for for me, and it was really just kind of like, okay, the only things I can do right now are make sure I stay healthy, aligned with kind of what this what this phase is in my life, and do my job, and that was really hard for me, just because again, it's so counter to everything I believe, um, and I had to keep reminding myself like this is this is temporary, this is a season. This is not forever. This is a season. And I'm going to continue to seek balance wherever I can, even under these different circumstances. Um, But it was it was hard. It was hard to tell clients, no, I I do not have time for you, because, again, I I needed to prioritize myself. And sometimes that's hard to do, especially as a coach. You want to be there for your clients. But really, I need to be there for myself first. So um, it was a challenging time. I'm really glad it's over.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, so, How did you take care of yourself on those 14, 16 hour days? Did you find pockets of time during the day for any listener that can, can feel what you're saying? Like, Oh my God, that's my life. How did you manage? How did you take care of yourself?
1: Yeah. So, um, this is such a simple one, but the, the first thing that really, really matters to me is food. Like I would have to have food and not, and I actually think this was a huge difference on how I handled it than how someone else did. Um, I would prioritize bringing enough food, healthy food that made me feel good rather than, you know, when I'm on hour 11, I'm not reaching for a candy bar, I'm reaching for some blueberries or, you know, something else. So that was, I, again, I believe in like the, the healing power of food, (laughs) um, So a lot of people would kind of start crashing because they were eating junk all day and I was eating these healthy, you know, healthy snacks, healthy meals, and it, it made me feel so much better. So that's kind of a simple one that's well within your control. Um, on the more kind of mindset piece, um, I would force myself to take a walk every single day, whether or not I thought I had time, I would leave my desk, I would go outside and, that was like a a must-have requirement um and i know it's really hard to pull yourself away and you feel like well if i just you know do this soon i'll be able to leave earlier um no that's not the reality get away from your desk take a walk see the sun and you'll feel a lot better and it keeps you centered and then the last thing that i would do is sometimes i would just really take even two minutes to breathe just to breathe like deep belly breathing. Um, <laughs> I love breath work. So, you know, people probably saw me at my desk and I felt like, I don't even care. You can see oh. me doing my
0: 478 and that's fine. Oh my dad, <laughs> 478, oh, I love you so much. I taught my students that. Oh, Monica, you're just, you're, we were meant to meet, I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, breathing is so important. We don't understand how much of the day we shallow breathe no we don't much of the day the bottom lobes of our lungs are like (laughs)
1: please send some air down yes absolutely and every time I did it I felt like wow did I need that and we all need that and then when you're doing that too you realize like oh my goodness how long has my jaw been clenched and how right like you can just you relax and your nervous system resets a little bit and it is Absolutely transformational in the middle of a busy day. I mean,
0: I everyone has two minutes. There's no excuse. So. There's none. There's no <laughs> excuse to not breathe. You can, breathe no while you're working on your computer and that's when you should be doing the breathing because that's when you're feeling the stress and anxiety. Exactly. So instead of in and out four, seven, eight or four by yep. four, I mean, yep. uh, for anybody that doesn't know four, seven, eight, please tell them. <laughs> What is it? So simple. It makes such a difference. So Mm -hmm. yeah,
1: those are are kind of the things that I that that really um, helped me through those those times.
0: Yeah. So for the listener, four, seven, eight. You breathe in for a count of four. You hold it for a count of seven, and out for a count of eight. It's really important that you breathe out for a longer period of time than you hold it or breathe in because you want to get all that oxygen, all that CO two out from your the bottom of your lungs. So you need to release all that all those gases that you don't want anymore. Get them out of there. And four yes. by four is in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. So yeah. there you go. Lee and I shared some breathing <laughs> techniques. We invite you to use them. They yes. work. They work. Four, seven, eight is so good for activating your parasympathetic and just calming you down. So yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, that fight or flight. And that's what you're in when you're in that 11, 12, 13 hour day. You know, you're in that fight or flight. You're just basically moving on instinct. Yep. And and, and to the listener, you when if you feel your your brain shutting down because you're stressed or anxious, four seven eight will clear it because yes. your limbic system is not taking over anymore. So please, 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 I love that you brought that up. And <laughs> yeah. that using it, and we need to get that out there more. And my students, um, I was a middle school student, uh, teacher, middle school science teacher oh, for cool. seventeen years. So, um, I used to teach them all these tools for stress and anxiety because when you think about it, adults are nothing more than grown up children.
1: They, and if exactly. you don't
0: learn how to, so I'm really not doing anything much different right now working with adults, because they just never learned what I taught my students, how to Absolutely. handle stress and anxiety, you know? And yep. I always it always gets me, I don't know about you, but I don't look at people and say, oh my God, you're 35 years old, why don't you have it together? Because no one helped them get it together. Yes. Right? Bottom line. Yes. No one helped them. So why should we expect them to have it together when no one helped them? No, you're you're
1: so right. And it it reminds me how I was taught to meditate when I was five years old. I was five and my mother taught me to meditate. And you know, at the time I felt like, whatever, what like what is this? This is silly. But I think growing up, knowing knowing to meditate and knowing what that's about from such a young age, it's just part of me. And I think that. Learning that, it, you know, helped me tremendously, but, but the 35 year olds who don't know how to meditate, right. You're starting from scratch and it's much harder to get behind in, instead of learning something like that as a child, when it just becomes
0: part of you. Yeah. So, and right. I always taught people, I teach people meditation can be staring out, out the window and looking at the beautiful leaf and look at the colors and look at the shape. And it doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged with your eyes closed saying, Oh. You know what I mean? That can look like that, but it's just quieting the brain. It's just quieting the brain. So you can do that. You can look at a pretty crystal and Oh, look at the different shape of it. Look at the spiky there. And it's just getting your brain onto something else. So that's, that's amazing. I I could talk to you all day, all day. Is there any, um, is there any hat that you're looking to put on? Oh, it's a good
1: question. Um so one hat that I'm, you know, it's just kind of been kicking around in my head. Um I, you know, it's kind of a new coaching, a, a new coaching concept that I I'm I'm kind of excited about. And it's still percolating, and it's still kind of downloading. Um, but a lot of my my kind of um nine to five work has been managing different crises. And um, you know all different kinds of crises, layoffs, reorgs, lawsuits, harassment cases, right? Like ever, actual global crises. Um, I have tons of experience with that, um, and I keep a very cool head, and I'm really good at managing it. I think because right, I I, I go with my intuition. I'm I'm always thinking about my alignment, so it's very hard to kind of uh, rattle me. So what I'm what I've realized is that in the corporate world, there's so many kind of disruptions and crises, and um, there's really a need for a cool head to kind of make come in and make those decisions and um, be able to just help their workforce um, get through it, basically, and and do it with alignment and create really kind of a conscious culture. So this is kind of my new. Um, the new kind of coaching that I, I want to transition towards is helping these companies kind of create that, that conscious organization that is, um, you know, past the crisis, past the disruption and um just able to do more good. So like small businesses, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm going, I think, because I have just so much experience managing these crises and I know that it can be really scary and, and disruptive for, for companies. So, um, that's kind of just something I've been kicking
0: around. I love it. I love it. And and I know you'll, you'll do whatever you're meant to do because you'll feel it and you'll know that it's your <laughs> time and the right situation will come and you're like, Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. I believe that there are unlimited opportunities and I know that I will be ready for whenever it comes. So, yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of it too. And that's where I am starting this business is, um, It's terrifying when you're starting out. I mean, I left a job where I had security, I had insurance, you know, and and started my own business and was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like, oh, squirrel, oh, bird. Oh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like there's so many different avenues, but Uh, like you said, it's important to just sit and listen and be quiet and just follow your intuition and trust, trust that you're going to be led to where you need to go when you need to go there. Yeah. Perfect timing. It all happens in
1: perfect timing. And I really, truly, deeply believe that the universe has my back and is going to, you know, let me see whatever is in front of me and I'll be ready when, whenever I see it.
0: Yeah. And if you're not, if you don't see it, you're not meant to see it at that time. Exactly. Exactly. All perfect timing. And there's another lesson you need to learn. (laughs) <laughs> is there anything else that you wanna you want to share with the listener? Any other hat that you maybe took off? any anything at all that you'd like to share? um I
1: think I would just I guess maybe what I would like to share is that um you know I, I said people aren't just one thing and I I again, I love the concept of your show with all of these hats. And I think too what's okay is that you will wear different hats throughout your lifetime and and different hats will be more important to you throughout your lifetime. And, you know, I have taken off hats. I I actually used to be a scientist. Um, yeah. (laughs) So, um, so again, like that's where the logical brain comes in, as I'm sure you know. Um, and, you know, I've taken that hat off and it is, it is still kind of part of me, part of how my brain was trained in that kind of science, science way. Um, Part of me still identifies with that, but it's not a hat I wear anymore. And that's okay. And the hats you wear
0: don't need to be who you are. Mm. Oh, I love that. And you are going to change. And like you said, that that science part of you, because I was a lab tech as well before I was a oh, teacher, me too. <laughs> So I that part of me I embrace. I embrace the logic. I embrace I embrace the masculine energy that I bring. Me too. Yeah, I also have the feminine energy and that's where the balance comes in. So the masculine energy is like I'm going to get this this stuff done. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. And then the feminine is like okay, let me take a deep breath. Let me let me go for a walk and let okay. me nurture. So yeah, and and for the listener definitely I love that you're speaking about all this because your hats don't define who you are. Yep. They help you show one part of yourself at that moment in time. It's just who you've chosen to be at that one point in time, a scientist or a teacher or a mother or whatever. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. No, a hundred percent. Everything you just said. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate. I literally could talk to you for hours. <laughs> so thank you so much. This was and so- to the listener, not for nothing. This is the way the universe works, bringing two people together that I never would have met you probably before, and and just to have so much in common. And and I invite the listener to just open yourself up to meeting different people, and because um, you never know who you're going to meet and what you're going to have in common and where it's going to go where to lead. Yes. No, I mean, of, of course,
1: like that, this was a, a universe thing bringing us together. How often am I on Facebook? Not that often. So, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so thank you again so much, Lee. And for the listener, thanks for joining me today. And I hope to catch you next time on the hats we wear.